What does a Romulan frog use for camouflage? What does a Romulan frog use for camouflage? A croaking device. Shut up, Wesley! Welcome to The Final Frontier, a Trexphere production featuring all the talk about Star Trek fan films, Star Trek, and uh, other fun goodness going on in the world of fan creation. Our host for this uh, intrepid voyage into the unknown is Adam Mullen. Hello. And I am the co-host and color personality, Bill Allen, a.k.a. the guy in the red shirt. And our special guest today, the man who thinks Threshold is the greatest episode ever, Vance Major. What's up, guys? How are you doing? I, I led with that particular intro for you because I guess for our news segment, the news is... Vance Major is the news. Uh, are you talking about because of Threshold or, you know? Everything you've been up to for the past two weeks. You mean, yeah, yeah Threshold, because that, that, that was some awesome. Well, dude, like, the, the, the thing about it, like, I, I did that because everybody. Well, first off, let me ask you, what, what did you think of it, man? Did you have a chance to watch it? I did. I found it hilarious. So Neelix is the is the the corner piece of the show. Everything he's perfect for everything. Uh, you're you're the head honcho running Starbase Studios now. Well, I wouldn't say head honcho, but I am the guy right underneath the guy. Um, the the guy who's the, the president of Starbase Studios is Ken Edwards, um, who was one of the old set owners. Uh, he gave up his share. Uh, the new set owners is Glenn Wolf, Scott Johnson, and Glenn Miller. Um, Ken Edwards kind of stepped out, gave up his share, um, and then uh, is the president of Starbase Studios LLC. Uh, Words, which is what we call Ken Edwards, uh, we call him Words for short. Uh, he had approached me, oh hell, maybe a couple months ago, and asked if I would be interested in being uh, manager for Starbase Studios, um, and we had talked back and forth um, with my skill set of kind of networking with people, um, you know, whether it's, you know, different people that know CGI or different people that know makeup or different people, you know, that want to be extras or actors or whatnot. Um, he thought I brought a certain skill set that would be able to help what he wants to do, which is a completely different direction for Starbase. <laughs> than what we had before uh whereas before starbase studios was kind of the sets um kind, you know um you know facilitating people who came in and you know was set owners owning the sets and whatnot but um starbase studios llc is basically like a, a glorified booking booking agency basically like if you need to come in and shoot um we basically would help you um, get your fan film done in that capacity. Like there, there is no set owning for us. You know, it's basically, you know, hey, we we don't know the first thing about, you know, we don't know the first thing about uh, making a fan film. You, know, you would come to us and we would, you know, help you get that made. Um, you know, like who, uh, you know, what, what, you know, basically, what do we do to get it made? Um, and we would kind of steer you in the right direction. We would facilitate, um, you know, with you. Um, like, like, say, Bill, if you wanted to make a fan film, you know, you would come to Starbase and we would go between you and the sets, you know, getting everything prepped for you to get there, 
<laughs> because the set owners really don't want to um, kind of have to worry about anything with with people coming in to book. Um, they you know they just want to be set owners. Um, so and also if you needed something like not everybody has the people to uh, make their film. Like some people don't ha know CGI artists or know how to get that stuff done per se. You know, we could kind of help you get that stuff done. I mean, that wouldn't be our main focus, but if you say, Hey, I don't know, you know, who would be able to help me out here, you know, could you kind of help, you know, we'd be able to be like, sure. Or, you know, Hey, I don't have, you know, I, you know, I'm going down to, uh, you know, stage, stage nine, um, studios, you know, or, you know, I'm going to our, the Arkansas sets, you know, I don't have any extras, you know, we can put out a casting call to help you because we have the resources to help you. Um, but the main thing, um, is basically we, we help you get, get everything acquired. You know, we put you on the list to get your film made. Um, because like I said, the set owners, they don't, you know, that, that's not their job. They just own the sets. So, um, you know, for all those people that want to get their film done, we, we, we can still help you out get, getting those things done. So there, there's a lot of things involved, like sticking to guidelines. Um, you know, we would take a look at your script, make sure that it adheres to guidelines, make sure that, you know, it, there's not, you know, 50 million F, F bombs in there. Um, make sure that it adheres to, um, you know, the, the things that CBS is, is kind of given us, uh, you know, time limit wise, um, you know, just making sure that, it, you know, you don't have somebody coming to, to, to the sets that are trying to make a two hour movie, you know, cause there are some people that are going to try, try to do that. <clears throat> um, and none of us want that type of attention. So it, there are certain things that we have to look at and say, okay, what covers the set owners um, and what covers the fans? You know, we don't want anybody coming in there that, that's going to try to be sneaky. And sadly, there are people out there that do that. Um, so to cover the set owners and to cover the fans, we're kind of that middle ground to cover everybody um, because we have the experience doing that. You know, and that's something the set owners just <laughs> they, they don't have the time um, to do that. And that's kind of what Starbase Studios is about. So now Starbase Studios LLC, you know, um, <clears throat> and for those people that say, because um, there has been some negative people out there that say, oh, they're an LLC now, they're they're the Axonar, you know, part two, you know, whatever that means. Um, you know, we're not out there to make money. Uh, we're doing all this stuff for free. Um, you know, we're doing this because we want to, and we want to do this for the fans. Uh, the you know. uh, the LLC part was just an organizational thing to avoid another round of some kind of he said she said kind of argument, right? Well, and that's exactly it. And and the thing that those people who say, oh, they're an LLC now, they're 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 gonna make money or profit or whatever, like those ignorant statements, which is is what they are. They're they're ignorant, stupid statements made by ignorant people because the LLC has been around since last July. Um, and we've been fine. We haven't made a profit and we've made, um, you know, we, we made several films since then through Starbase Studios. So, um, in fact, I think I've made three or four through the, uh, through there, uh, since then. Um, so for those people who, who are saying, Oh, they're an LLC now, 
no, it's not a now. It's just the fact that we're making that, you know, we're, we're, we're making it, you know, clearly dividing the sets from Starbase Studios. Start, you know, the sets are not Starbase Studios anymore. So that was our way of dividing, you know, hey, guys, we're, we're not the sets anymore. Um, but the LLC has been around since uh, last July. So, um, again, they're just people that, you know, they want to make – um, you know, they they just want to make noise and 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 act like they haven't, you know, act like their opinion is is some type of fact when it it's not. The the drama of oh they're an LLC now, so there's going to be problems. There's no problems. You're you're making stuff up, and you, you're really you're really ignorant. You don't know what you're talking about. This has been something you've always wanted to do since first visiting the original Starbase Studios location, in Oklahoma, right? Um, yeah, it, in, in a sense, I mean, the th I think it's been like, I think almost every Star Trek fan's dream, uh, whoever visits the sets. I mean, first off, I think whoever visits the set in, in some capacity wants to kind of, hey, what can I do to help? You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, back in the beginning, I was invited up there to help, you know, because of my networking skill uh, online, you know, uh so, yeah, my, my goal has always been, you know, what can I do to help Starbase? Um, <clears throat> in, in fact, I've always reached out to any production just with that in mind of, you know, what can I do to help? Um, in fact, all of my films have always been, what can I do to help? So, in a sense, you know, that that's always been my dream is to, you know, you know what can I do to help other fan films? Um, so, yeah, th this job... Um, you know, when words asked, you know, when words asked a couple months ago, um, you know, if I'd like to be part of this, you know, as manager and oversee this, you know, to me, it is a dream come true because it, it takes out the, okay, you know, not having anything to do with sets, not being a set owner or have anything to do with the sets at all. Like, this is the dream job for me because I get to, to help out films you know, and we get to, I think I've told you, you know, you and I've talked several times, Adam, Bill, same thing with you. Um, you know, and it's like, my, my dream has always been to um, inspire other filmmakers, to help other filmmakers, to see other people's dreams come true. Um, and this job for me is, is exactly what I want. You know, I want to help other people, especially those that have no budget, you know, they, that don't really know how to see their dream come, come true. Part of the thing that, that Starby Studios, um, LLC is going to do is the fact that, you know, when people come in and they want to film, you know, in their mind, <laughs> You know, they're going to be the next J.J. Abrams. You know, they're going to come in and think, oh, wow, we're going to have just the biggest, you know, budgeted movie and, 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 and have the greatest thing. And 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 as you know, Adam, from from our discussions, like, like there's no budget with this stuff. Um, you know, you have to make everything on a shoestring budget and you have to compromise um, a lot of times your vision. Um, and, and part of our job when when they come and shoot is to, to sit back and look at everything and say, OK, hey you know, th this is what you have to compromise on because this is what we have available. Um, so I I look forward to helping people make their dream realistically. Um, you know, some things they're not going to be able to do. So it's to sit there and look at, you know, what they have and say, okay, this is this is what we can do realistically. Um, and, and to me, I, I think that's exciting. 
you know, so yeah, it is, it is a dream come true for me. Um, because to see the end result and, and to be proud of that, um, for my own products, um, and then to see that, you know, glimmer of happiness in someone else's eye, you know, I, I get very excited for that, you know, to me that that's, it's not about ego, which I think is in a lot of fandoms. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's about seeing what other people can do. And, and that is very exciting. So yeah, it, it is a dream come true for me. So, yeah. So what can you tell us about the shoot that's planned for May? Well, um, a v, I think it's VVPP or, or VVPN. I, I forgive me. I'm, I'm terrible with letters, and I, and I feel like I'm reading off an eye chart. So I, I'm mispronouncing the, the name um, of the of the the people coming in. But they're basically it, it's basically going to be a shoot, um, and I'm not really allowed to discuss what they're shooting. Um, but it's it's basically going to be a, a you know come in and they're going to be having fun. And basically getting back to the spirit of what fan films are about um, and shooting and having fun. Um, and to me, I think it's a, a great opportunity to, <coughs> um, you know, they, they have a casting call for people coming in. Um, they have an open invite for people. Um, basically, you come down and, and, you know, slap on a uniform and they'll stick you somewhere, um, which sounds like a weird doctor's office slogan. Um, and, uh you know, I, I think it, it after the chaotic year that both Starbase Studios LLC and the, the set owners have had, um, I think it's a, a perfect opportunity to show everybody, you know, hey, you know, we are on the same page and we are going to get back to having fun, which is what we should be doing. Um, this isn't, you know, we're no longer in that chaotic spot. And um, I think in a sense, um, the end result will be something where it's, you know, a basic apology to the fans, which I think is something we all should be doing, which is apologizing to the fans. It's something that they should never have even been drug into. Um, and honestly, I think they're kind of sick of it. Um, I know myself, I am. Um, I've distanced myself from the drama as best I can. No, you know, none of us need to be drugged back into anything like that again. Um, you know, it's, it's sickening. You know, it's affected my health. <laughs> it's affected my, my mental state of mind. Um, and so something like this is something I think we all need, um, which is just a fun, you know, uh, happy romp, you know, um, and, and it's been stated by the people coming to shoot. Uh, they don't even really care if something, you know, perfectly good looks, you know, by the time we're done shooting, they just want to have fun. And to me, I think, you know, cause, <laughs> uh, you know, anyone who's seen my films know they don't look perfectly good. They're, <laughs> they're not that good, they're, but you can tell we have fun making them. So to me, I see this as a, you know, the perfect translation for what a fan film is about. Um, so, uh, you know, that's about all I can say about the, the thing, the shoot coming up in May, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's a perfect opportunity and perfect symbolism for what fan films are all about. So, so is is this the first shoot since Starbase closed? Um, in, in a sense, Starbase never cl closed. Um, in a sense, it did. Like it, it, you have, because of course we shot Crying Wolf in September, and then we had the the kids shoot. It was in Dog Patch. 
that was after that. But yet we were technically kind of shut down since like June or July. Like, again, it's this is the first shoot since we've all been back on the same page. And that's really the best way to put it. Um, So, yes, yes, slash no. So, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk about Uncool Trekkie on Treksphere. Okay. You made a tongue-in-cheek video about how Threshold was the greatest episode of all time from the greatest Star Trek series of all time. I did. I I did. Uh, And and let me ask you, first off, um, because I like flipping this stuff around and and asking you guys questions. First, what did you think of it, Bill? Uh, Of your video or of Threshold? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first off, of, of Threshold. What did you think of Threshold? Are you are you a big fan? Are you a fellow <laughs> fan? Are you uh, are you a thre- are, are you a Thresh Knight? Is, is what we like to call him? Oh, is that what we call him? I um I I understand and sort of agree with the sentiment that it was a horrible, awful somebody was uh, off their meds episode. Uh, however. I've always been able to justify Threshold as being worthy of being Trek because I look at it as the Q origin story. Ah. That's interesting. Um, Do you want to delve a little bit into that for a second? Tell me why. Yeah, yeah. I think you and I went over this once before, so great job on the leading question. (laughs) Ah, You see where I'm going with this. Ah, I'm after – I'm after your job is what I'm after, so... Threshold, uh, the Q origin story. All right, so from what we were told, this experimental Warp 10 shuttle would give... When you hit Warp 10, you are everywhere in the universe at the same time. That's omnipresence, which is one of those abilities of a deity. Um, And when Paris hit the warp 10 threshold he evolved revolved evolved turned into a giant space salamander and then him and Janeway had little space salamander babies little space salamander babies that were born omnipresent were born at warp or conceived with warp 10 dna um now we also know that q figured Janeway was compatible to father a Q child. So when you put these little facts together and all the other things that we've seen from Q and everything, it it seems pretty clear to me that the baby salamanders left behind by Paris and Janeway in a few billion years will evolve from omnipresence to omnipotence. And um, they're basically the... Q. These are the primordial Q being born. And Janeway is the genetic ancestor. She's the Eve of the Q species, which is why Q thought she'd be a compatible mate for his own offspring. The thing about Q wanting to sleep with his mom is kind of disturbing on another level, but we don't need to go into that. I feel like you lost your Spock's brain on this one, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go down the rabbit hole with you. There's, I mean, 
there's a lot going on with the Q and, and their fixation with uh, Janeway and this crew for a while. And, and there's a lot more to this rapid evolution along a new track. Why would something devolve into a salamander phone form if it's an evolution into some kind of higher state of being? It's the primitive version of that higher state of being that is eventually the Q. I, I feel I feel like you've put more thought into this than the writers did into their episode. Um, it, 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 this this would be great fan fiction to kind of redeem an episode that oh was not even worth filler. I mean, at least with filler, <laughs> you feel full. With this, oh god, again, I just feel like takes you know stop taking my heart medication. This was just really bad. I mean, it was just oh horrendous. Yeah, I've uh, I've always had a knack for being able to justify the uh, bad science plot holes and just horrible scripts in any version of Star Trek. The only one I can't do it with is uh, Enterprise's uh, augmented Klingon storyline because that was just a bad choice. And really, I lo I loved I that. There was only one. The, the only Enterprise like. <sighs> See, there's been a lot of bad Trek, and and I I can even follow I can follow bad Trek. I don't mind that, but see, even Threshold, like okay, here's going back to your question with me. Or, well, I don't even know if there was a question, but but talking about th Threshold, you, you're right. I did I did do tongue in cheek Threshold because I thought it would be funny because most people do their honest opinion on stuff, and 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 Threshold is rated the worst episode or one of the worst i mean it's rated up there with spock's brain and and these are the voyages and whatnot and and i thought you know what if i took this super serious and did a tongue-in-cheek like this is the greatest thing since sliced bread type approach and and kind of kind of troll my audience um which it worked like i i don't know what the numbers were but i know the comments that i got like, dude, like Adam and I were talking earlier, like d people came out of the woodwork. There must have been like a threshold audience that were just salivating for this. Like, this was the voice. <laughs> and now you're even more scared of the fan base than you were before. <laughs> right. Right. Like, dude, when they when they realize that, wait, he hates it. Like, I'm going to get more hate mail than I already do. You know, Um you know, uh, this like they were loving the fact that, wow, we have a voice now. Like I am the champion of Threshold and that scares me. Like I imagine there's going to be like a Vance head on a salamander body, you know, at some point like that. Wow. You know, and, and I, I don't mind. I don't mind bad Trek by any means. But but the, the thing like my honest feelings about this episode, like I thought it was very interesting, like the Warp 10 barrier i thought that was interesting even though we've never heard of it like i thought that was an interesting concept i, I oh, wish they I, I wish they had introduced that like maybe like if if it had been me writing voyager i would have introduced the fact a couple episodes earlier that they were working on something introduced the concept because the thing that i thought sucked about voyager was the fact that in in independent episodes they just drop stuff in there that you've never heard of before and never hear of again. And that was the problem with this episode. If, if you had introduced the concept of Warp 10 a couple episodes earlier, introduced the fact, you know, an episode later that they're working on on, on this, 
and then you know introduce things slowly like 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 they did the borg you know in uh, the 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 cooperative you know that was like a couple episodes before you know uh scorpion part 1 um and then at the end of that episode you saw the dead borg to which you got everybody excited then a couple episodes later boom here comes the borg and you're like oh my god i'm ready you know if they'd done something like that here to where you're ready for this warp 10 experiment to me, it would have it would have just really set this up interesting, especially in a storyline where, you know, the, the ship is traveling and, and it sets itself up for stuff like this um, instead of just start the episode off. Oh, here's something you've never heard of. To me, I, I just I hate storytelling like that. It, it, in a fan film, it works fine. In a storyline with Voyager, it doesn't. And it got better later on in the show where it didn't approach stuff like that, like where it did stuff like what I'm talking about. Well, um, I, I'll, dis, I'll I'll semi disagree with you on this. I mean, just just throwing this out of left field. They 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 up to this point they'd had a few other episodes where they're they're always working on some kind of weird experiment designed to try to get them home a little quicker. So so pulling this out of nowhere still fit because you know they 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 tried making their own transwarp. They tried making wormholes. They 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 tried a bunch of different things to shave a few dozen years off of their 75 year voyage. So this isn't quite, they didn't directly set up warp 10 as a thing, but they did establish that they're going to try every crazy, stupid experiment that shouldn't be tried in order to go faster. Yeah. But how, 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 how satisfying would it have been? Like say they're, say they're in, 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 in Neelix's mess hall and they're, they're, you know, during one of the times where they're, they're, looking at their pad and just have have Belana look up and be like have have we have how close would it be to to break the warp 10 barrier and, and be like huh that's crazy just, just something just something a throwaway like line yeah yeah like i just just something like that and it would have been you know a throwaway line in an episode that they already you know they're already there they're already talking about something else and then go on to whatever line they would have ever fed next into the episode like it wouldn't have taken much to just set that up. Um, yeah. The other thing, the other thing that bothered me most, I mean, like I say, I can justify it as a Q episode, and it's not that bad. But the thing that really bothered me is, up until now, uh, warp ten. Well, the first time we heard of warp ten as a barrier was the voyage home, and that's the 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 time travel breakaway point. You hit warp ten, you're gonna slingshot through time. Yeah, that's the that's the eighty eight miles an hour for, for Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah, and I would, I mean, I, I always thought, why don't they just try to time travel 500 years into the future when the Federation has explored the entire galaxy and then hitch a ride home and then time travel back? Yeah. That would have been my solution, but then again, I'm more of an Enterprise guy, you know. Captain Picard is good for coming up with crazy science solutions. Janeway just yeah. eats coffee. <laughs> There's coffee in that nebula. Yeah, it's oh, terrible. And, and yeah, that was another thing. Like, like, like I got I got two messages from people, which I was like, oh, dude, they're emailing me about threshold. Like, that's when you know you've arrived is when you get, you know, people that are emailing you and they're like, oh, man, I loved I loved Voyager. That was my favorite series too. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's like. Uh... I won't pick on somebody for thinking Voyager is the best series. I mean, and I will right now. I will make a statement that will take the heat off of you if anybody's upset about your true opinions of Threshold. 
Oh, uh, let me say something that will save you. The original okay. series episode Space Seed is overrated. I, I think I think they hate you now. They will. But I'm I, I stick by it. The only reason Space Seed is such a great episode is because everybody loves Wrath of Khan. And for some reason, Wrath of Khan was such a great movie, the greatness of it went back in time and made Space Seed good. But Space uh-huh. Seed was a mediocre lame villain of the week who was a little bipolar with his extremes between I'm going to kill Kirk. Oh, let me sit down to a civilized dinner. Let, let's hash this out now that you've caught me. I'm not going to threaten you or anything. Just I, I'll, 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 I'll behave now because you beat me. When yeah, Curly but... is like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your ship and you can't stop me because I am the Ubermensch. Yeah, but 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 in hindsight, who else would you bring back for for a Star Trek two though? I mean, you can't bring Charlie X back because to have that same argument with with Charlie on screen. I mean, you've got like a guy who's twenty years older who's who's making that weird face, you know, with his eyes rolling in the back of his head for for two hours. I mean, well, heck, actually, that would make a, a really awesome movie. We should have make. Have you Fantasy seen? Life. Have you seen of Gods and Men or uh, not? Um, what was it? Yeah, of Gods and Men. That's that's the plot. Charlie X yep. comes no. back. Oh. No, I, I, no I, I tried to, like, if I'm being honest, I, I tried to sit through. I tried to sit through it, and I got confused, so I, I stopped watching. But this it, was, like, years, this was years before I I started watching fan films. So, it, like, it, I was a had... lot more judgmental then than I am now. Yeah, it, 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 it had some issues as far as uh, dialogue and pacing. I mean, it's a fan film. They're going to have issues. But the story concept itself, I mean, they only used Charlie X for the first five minutes, but that was the plot. After 30 years or whatever, he's free. And they got the guy who played Charlie X to reprise his role. And he comes out. He's looking for Kirk. And he goes to this little listening outpost, and the guy says, oh, yeah, Kirk died last week. He was blasted by the Nexus on the Enterprise B. So Charlie X still wants his revenge on Kirk for forcing him to be stuck with those aliens for the last decades of his life. So he uh, goes back in time and kills Kirk's mom before Kirk is even born, and you get... That's going to appear under this episode on our Facebook. That's, that's so uh, to our viewers, uh, while Bill and Vance have been arguing, I've been on Photoshop putting a Vance head on a salamander, and I just shared it with them, and they love it. That's hot. I like we'll, it. We'll have to make sure to put that in the comments underneath this video on YouTube, underneath this audio on YouTube. Or if you can figure out, just throw that up there as the visual image during the episode. There we go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that was uh, Charlie X goes back in time and kills Kirk before he's born. And what you saw was a parallel reality of what the Federation would look like if there hadn't been a Captain Kirk to save it. Mm. Yeah, I may I may have to go back and watch it. Like I said, when... When I first watched it, like I, I, I saw that that battleship Enterprise or, or whatever it was, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm, this might be really cool. Then I, like, I was a lot more judgmental on on fan films. I didn't even realize what a fan film was, and I, I was just like, what is this crap? <laughs> and now, like, I mean, I, I, I get into that stuff now, but I was, uh, yeah, I was not, 
I was not in the frame of mind of what a fan film yeah. was back then. So no, I, I, I didn't even understand what I the, was watching. So the first fan film I ever watched was uh, hidden frontier. And hidden. yeah. Oh, I okay. Some, I had some judgmentalness on that one too. It's like, I mean, I kind of like soldiered through the first five or six episodes and then I got distracted on it, but I want to go back because I do want to see the rest of it. Now they had a clever kind of, ongoing plot regarding these subspace aliens or whatever it was but a couple of things in that just so much bugged me it's like the fact that the captain was always smiling he never (laughs) stopped and he's got this little like and it's like i I could see it in his head and i was sort of jealous because he's like i'm in star trek i'm doing star trek ready those shields get those weapons up this is great the, the the first the first real fan film that i started watching and I, I hope they're not listening because they're they're probably going to hate me for this. But it was the Romulan Wars, and I watched it with Jer Minard, my partner off of um, off off of Melbourne. And the thing that was so distracting was like I, I didn't realize that it was the captain. In, in the scenes, because we, we like we, we binged watched like the first four episodes of it and the captain's mustache, like not only would it change from like like it was it was the same captain in, in like not only like the different scenes, but like even different takes. And, and, it, and it would be like <laughs> his mustache. He would have a mustache in one scene. And then not in the next. And then it would be back in like the next scene. And, and as I'm sitting there and I'm watching it with like Jeremy and I are like on the phone with each other while we're watching this. And I'm like, wait, is that, is that the captain? Wait, what? And then in like the next episode, he would have like a goatee and then a mustache and then no mustache and then like goatee again. And I'm like, wait, what is Is that the same character? What, what's going on here? And like Jeremy's watching and he's having a hard time following too. Because he's sitting there saying, thinking the same thing, and, and we're both not talking to each other about the same issue. By the time we get to, like, the third episode, this problem is happening between <laughs> not only different scenes, but different takes. Like, the camera will be on him, and then it'll go to another character. Then it'll be back on him, and then he'll have, like, no mustache. Then it'll go back to another character. Then it'll be back on him, and then he'll have, like, a goatee. And then it'll go back on to another character. Then it'll be back on him. Then he's got just a mustache again. And then... And I, I was like, Jeremy, hold on, pause. And I'm like, dude, what? I'm and he's like, dude, this. yeah, no, that that's exactly. And I'm like, it, it's kind of like the equivalent of that, you know, that magnet hair guy you have as a kid that you kind of <laughs> shake. Like, and and I'm like, I don't know what is going on. Like, is he messing with us? Like, it's that Geico commercial with the weightlifters. <laughs> <laughs> like every time the camera pans off the guy and comes back, he's a little more bulky and a little more ripped. Yeah, like, that. <laughs> like and and like I don't really know. Like I I didn't get to finish the the film, but I I love it so much. And and like the back of the the main bad guy's head was CGI Romulan, and normally that wouldn't bother me. But there's like a smiley face in the back of the Romulan's head, like a really bad cropped smiley face in the back of the Romulan's head. 
<laughs> and I'm like, like I paused. I was like, Jeremy, pause. And he's like, dude, do you see that? I'm like, yes. Do you, I, I guess that answers my question. And I'm like, is is he trolling us? And I, I, I don't know the answer. So it's either the best fan film or it's the worst. And, and I still don't know. So to me, like, I'm still baffled. So like, I, I still, but I mean, storyline wise, it's great. Cause I'm like, screw it. It's a fan film. But like, I, I'm still like, what did I watch? You know, so that was my Adam, first. Adam, make a note. We've got to track down and find that guy and get these questions answered. We're going to do some hard-hitting investigative journalism about this mustache. Okay. No, like, fan film was like it? the Romulan Wars. Like, go watch, binge watch it. Like, like go. Like, I've talked with Lee, and like his mentality is dead set. He's like. I made the film I needed to make and those are my limitations and, 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 and I have a huge respect for the guy. Like he's like, screw it. I made the film I made and he had a mustache at the time and then he didn't then I don't care. And I'm like, Oh, right on. Like, but dude, yeah. Like <laughs> it's got, it's got, I, I want to do that to mess with somebody. So bad. you need to do that to mess with somebody in one of your fan films, like film, film it. And then shave your beard and film it again, and then shave your mustache and film it again, and then edit it with like random bits. Like, this one's got everything. This one's just got the mustache. This one's got nothing. This one's got everything again, and just keep, like, do it, do it on purpose. <laughs> just really. No, I, 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 really thought about that. Like, I'm like, this is genius. You know, like, <laughs> you know. But I mean, when when I talked with him about it, like, I mean, and 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 Lee is a. Uh, he's a, he's an intelligent man. He really is. It's just it's one of those things like when you have to go back and do uh, reshoots or whatever. Like you, you're with the limitations of of what you have. Me personally, I I would have done it a little different. Um, but you know, again, you know, he's he's gone on record saying, well, you make the film you make, and that that's what it is. You know, but again, like that was my experience with it. Going, I'm not sure what I watched. You know, um, but again, like if you turn it into like it's one of those films where it's like you can turn it into a drinking game, um, which is again like I I use his films as the basis for mine. Where when I watch my or when I make my films, I'm like, screw it. Like I I am the guy with a cord in the door. You know, and if there's I don't... not one. By God, you're gonna put one there. Yeah, like I I do stuff like well, dude, you and I've talked plenty of times. Like I will do stuff in my films to make them bad intentionally. So, I mean, I'm not the guy to throw stones. So, I mean, if anyone ever thinks that I'm insulting Lee or the Romulan Wars, I'm not. Like, I I, I do enjoy the – I go back and watch them just because I'm like, I, I love them in the same sense that I love, like, Batman 1986 – or 1966. You know, I do find great charm. And like I said, the stories, they're great stories. So that was my first experience at fan films. And obviously there was enough to make me go back and watch other fan films. So, you know, for those that think I'm, oh, he's talking trash. I'm not talking trash. I'm like they kept me coming back. So, you know, go find, go watch them. I, I encourage you. So seriously, if you guys, you know, go turn it into a drinking game, the, the mustache, like it's awesome. It really is like, it's good stuff, you know? So. <laughs> So should we be expecting more of these tongue-in-cheek videos from you? Yes. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I have two more coming up. Um, one, uh, 
why Star Trek Insurrection is a great action movie um, and why Star Trek V rejuvenated the franchise. So, All right. Okay, I'll, I will legitimately defend Star Trek V. And That's... that is – well, then you will be standing right next to me. I, I imagine the next picture Adam will, will make will be of me in that god cloud that was in Star Trek V. <laughs> Why did what does Vance, what does Vance need with a starship? What? Oh, thanks, Adam. <laughs> Can this fan film hold all of my magnificence? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but we're no, having I mean, way too much fun now. Um, are you planning on doing the reverse? Because honestly, I think somebody needs to do a video about how the Inner Light is a really lame episode of Next Generation. About how Best of Both Worlds was just horribly executed. Um, I, I, I think once people realize I'm doing stuff tug in cheek, you know, I, I don't think I need that much hate mail. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I get it up as it is. No, I, I think I'll do a couple, a couple tongue in cheek and then I'll, I'll veer off and do like some, some, some episodes on, uh, like my action figures or the starships that I have. Um, just showing what they are, you know, I mean, different, you know, looking at the actual uniforms that I have. Um, you know, just, just different stuff. I haven't really decided what all I'm going to do. Like, I don't really have, like, like a couple of my friends are asking, so what format do you have? I'm like, I don't really have a format. I'm just a fat dude with a, 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 a video cam, you know, my, my, my cell phone and a, and a YouTube channel. Like, I don't really have a format. I'm just having fun. And that's what this is all about. Like, I'm not taking it too seriously or, or, uh, you know, I'm not taking myself too seriously. I'm just having fun and providing hopefully others with a little bit of entertainment. You know, if, if others have fun, awesome. If they don't, you know, I don't, I'm not looking at numbers or, or fans or, I'm just having fun, you know, so. So Vance, uh, yeah, you've been getting people to ask you, you know, or to, to say, you know, I, I thought you said you weren't going to be making fan films and you keep telling them I'm not, I'm just helping other people. Did you want to say something about that? Well, yeah, I, I think I, I, I wish people would listen to me. So I only had to answer this once because they don't seem to get it through their head. And forgive me if that's a little negative to for, for the channel. I, I try to be a little lighthearted, but some people don't listen the first time I answer. So let me go ahead and repeat myself. I am done with my films. You will not see me making a Menard film. There's not going to be another Menard film, okay? Um, the fact that I have made so many films, I've, I've made 30-plus films where I directed, produced, wrote, filmed, was the makeup artist on a couple of them, um, did, did so much of it. I, I'm done with that. So that, that's as far as I'm, I'm, I'm done. <clears throat> Um, it was a huge chapter of my life, but I'm a father now, and I'm not doing any more of that. However, to people like Michael King, to people like you, to anyone that wants to send me a script and say, hey, I've got something for you. Sure, I have a green screen still here at home. I've got a ton of Star Trek outfits, and I'm still more than happy to help out people who've helped me. If the script is right. Now, if you send me something saying, hey, fat man, I want to see you in a bowl of tapioca pudding. Say your name's Menard. I will never do something like that. But if you send me some, uh, although that would now be that's, fun. 
that that's because you're a chocolate guy, not a tapioca guy, right? <laughs> exactly. People need to pay attention to the details here. Come on, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. I'm glad you're a details guy yourself. But if you send me something that is is worth my time, and that's not that's not an ego boost. That that's that's something that says, hey, this is this is something that that, that that's going to serve my story, but it's something that I think is worth your time. Then I have no problem saying, you know what? Let's do it. I don't mind driving five hours to the studio to go film something for you where I'm just an actor, you know, something where I can still go film something for you for, you know, during the day and then go spend time with my son that night or something where I can take my family on a road trip and take my son to the sets because that's something I still want to do. Take my son to the sets and where he can go meet aliens and go play on the bridge, you know, when we're done, like, that's something I still want to go do because I, I, I'm a geek at heart and I, my son will be raised that way, but I am done with my films. I am done with fan films for myself, but I don't mind helping you guys because you guys help me tell my stories. How can I ever tell you guys no? And even though I'm done, you guys aren't. So those people that sit there and say, Oh, gee, I thought he was done. I am done. You guys need to listen. So I hate those people that make me repeat myself. So so I am done for me. So I will never tell my friends no if they need my help. And if they ever come to me, I'll never tell them no within reason. So keep the tapioca out of it, and I got your back, man. So. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> now, um, question for you. I, I did get a chance to see uh, your Orville fan film. Is there any chance – I know you're done with fan films. Any chance you might in a year or two do another of those, another Orville well, film? Well, like the, the, the thing about it is <clears> – <throat> um, like the Orville fan film, like I don't really consider that a, a fan film. When, when I talk about fan films, like I, I really just mean Star Trek fan films. Um, I, I've gotten kind of burnt out of, of the Star Trek fan films. Um, I'm kind of burnt out of Star Trek in general. Um, the, the, the fandom, like this, this whole year, without getting into the drama, I know that's not something the channel needs. It's not something we need to delve into. But I, I'm kind of burnt out of, of the fandom of Star Trek fan films. The, the people have gotten kind of toxic. I don't really want to get into like, I just don't want to be around that type of crowd. The Orville fan film is something that I would do because I don't really consider that. I don't consider the toxicity there. Um, and I, yeah, it's still new. They haven't had a chance to, to properly ferment their toxicity yet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So so that's something that I have. I I don't think I would have a problem doing that. Uh, Cause again, with the, with the Menard storylines, I've always stood by, it's just a story. It just happens to take place in the Star Trek universe. So I, I kind of consider the, the Orville the same way. I'm just going to, like, if I ever come up with a good story, well, then I'll just slap on an Orville uniform or put it on an Orville starship or put it on a planet that, well, I'll talk to an Orville person and go find someone that has an Orville uniform and say, hey, shoot it on a green screen. Or, hey, go shoot this in front of a tree and I'll talk to you there. Like, I'll make it work that happens to take place in that uniform, but I'll find a proper story just like I would do with a Star Trek 
fan film. So, yeah, I have no problem returning to that universe because, you know, like like you just said, Bill, the, the toxicity hasn't bled over yet. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to return to that universe. But in, 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 in the time that I've left fan films, I've made a zombie film. I have been the publicist for a uh, film called Collar, which is going to – uh, a fan film festival next – or not a fan film festival, but a, a film festival uh, in Kansas City uh, next month that I'm going to. Um, and I have uh, two films that I'm doing this summer so uh, that have nothing to do with fan films. So I have a busy schedule uh, outside the whole fan film thing. So fan films is – you know I really haven't given it much thought since I've left um, outside the, the Starbase thing. you know So – I, I really have other projects, you know, fan films is, is kind of far from my mind. I haven't given it much thought. So I did watch Collard. I uh, enjoyed it. I didn't think I would because the first few uh, first few minutes were nervous, and then it got to the middle and I was thinking, oh, God, it's another one of these movies. But definitely had a great hook at the end and it was worth watching. I'm 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 really glad you liked it um, when when Russell. Emmanuel asked me to be the publicist for it and represent the film at the film festival. I, I was honored. He's one of the few people that um, <clears throat> when they approach me uh, on a project to be part of it, um, he's one of the few people that I will go out and, and, you know, without hesitation, you know, like I don't even need to see the project to be like, yes, I will represent you. Um, so when he asked me to go represent him, I was like, oh. yes, I, I absolutely uh -huh. will. Um, and and I when I watched the film, like I, I fell in love with it. I think the ending, um, you know, it, it's one of those ones where um, uh, it, it's one of those endings where I I think you, you don't really see it coming. You know, even though you know you, you kind of expect some some shock or whatnot, um, just the ending of it, like it, it it still leaves you kind of surprised, and like. Huh. You, you think about it after the movie's off, you know, shut off, and that not a lot of films do that. So um, just like with the film, un, uh, uh, with the film, oh shoot, what was um, I, I? I forget the name of it right offhand. It's I, I'm still sleeped up. Forgive me. Um, I know you can relate to that. I forget right offhand. Um, I know it's going to come to me as soon as the the, the interview is over. Um, but anyway, like as soon as I saw that, I was like, this guy is a guy that I want to work with anytime he asks me. Um, but yeah, the, that guy is so talented no matter the story or whatever. Like when we had lunch at last year at the, uh, film festival he had, he invited me down there to be part of the, um, <coughs> uh, film festival, uh, Q and a, um, you know, he, he had me down there. We had lunch, um, and did the Q and a like such a charming guy, you know, um, and a talented director, and it's, you know, a filmmaker in itself. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the film. Um, I think it's something that is very controversial and I enjoy controversial stuff. So, um, but yeah, like I, like I said, I, you know, fan films is, is kind of far from, from where I'm at. So it, it's something where, because I'm not producing so many of my own and, and, you know, producing, directing, acting, writing, you know, my own stuff, you know, I, I can do these other projects. So, so what do you hope is in store for Starbase Studios, LLC? Honestly, I, I hope we get back to making – I hope we get back to doing what we were doing before, uh, which I think I think after May, I think we will be. Uh, I, I see that I see that happening now uh, behind the scenes. Um, 
which is getting back to, to having the fun that we were having playing Star Trek, um, seeing other people create their dreams, making the films that they want to make, the telling the stories that they want to make it, just having fun. Uh, when it boils down to it, we're all just fans and friends having fun. And um, I know on the shoots, whether it's Melbourne or whether it's the Menard Saga stuff, um, it, it's it's people coming together and, and telling a story, you know, that even if it's not their story, it's still just a fun story um, and, and having fun. And that's what I see us doing. Um, I mean, like, like you and me, for instance, even though we've changed from being a, a, a visual medium to an audio medium, um, we still kind of met through Starbase Studios. Um, and, and you and I, you know, I, I consider you one of my best friends. Um, uh, well, you know, you. I don't, well, I, I do. Um, not just because you've written music for me, but I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've, I've called you to either vent or just talk or, you know, send you a stupid, you know, video, um, you know, I, I, you know, you and I've had many laughs, many, many cries, you know, a frustration, <laughs> you know, like that's what I want Starbase's future to be, you know, relationships built on stuff like that. You know, um, it's not about, you know, money or corporate greed or, you know, what, what people have turned this into, which is, oh, they're they're going to make a profit or they're going to, you know, make this into you know something. It's not what I think Starbase Studios is about is friendships like what you and I have. Um, we've made this into friendship family um, when my wife goes, you know, six and a half hours, you know, and cooks for 13 to 15 people, you know, two to three meals a day, you know, she doesn't do that because, you know, it pays anything. We do this because it's, you know, fun. And that's what, you know, that's what it is for her. She loves to cook for large people because she loves to cook. Um, it, it made everybody, you know, when we went there in September, uh, it saved so many people, you know, having to go out to eat. But it made us all draw together as a family because it was a family type meal. You know, <clears throat> um, we all talked around the dinner table. We all talked outside, eating whatever she cooked, um, you know, and it was, you know, we brought the food with us and she cooked and everything. And, and it was just fun family time. Um, it's the bonding moments um, that brings people together. And we were telling stories. Um, so to me, that's what I honestly hope is in our future. Um, you know, their talks, oh, they're going to shut them down and they're going to do this. And there's there's always paranoid people talking about, you know, the next big storm on the horizon. And I'm tired of those storms. You know, I'm, I'm 38 years old and I'm tired of fighting those storms. I'm tired of fighting these battles. And we've gone through a year of hell. You know, no, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> Voyager episode. Yeah, 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 the best, the best series ever. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tired of these battles. You know, I, you know, I hope anyone out there is listening to my voice. I, I am tired. Um, I, I'm sick of it. I, I just want to get back to the happiness and the, the friendship. Well said, Vance. Thank you. It's nice to know that Vance is. Um doing a Stephen King retirement instead of uh, going, you know, 
full recluse on an island somewhere fishing. <laughs> it's like well, after Stephen Queen King quit writing, he released a dozen more books. So, you know, <laughs> I look forward to all the fan films that uh, Vance makes when now that he's not making fan films anymore. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I I'll always be around, man. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Vance Major, for joining us. Well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, it's also great to work with you guys on Trexphere. I appreciate it very much. Check out all of Vance's stuff on YouTube. He's got quite the collection listed under Uncool Trekkie. Uh, his latest review is uh, linked on Trexphere, and he's got future reviews planned uh, as sort of a regular feature on the Trexphere website. And as for us, like and follow us on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. We are in the iTunes store under podcasts. And uh, remember, there's always room for Jello.